What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, episode 126, and today we'll be returning to the roundtable to discuss my all-time favorite franchise, Star Wars. And joining me on the roundtable will be returning guests Adam Waldron, Josh Gay, Bill Lyons, and Uptown Eddie Murray. This was the biggest and probably most epic podcast that I've ever done. We sat here and we talked about Star Wars for over three hours one night. And this podcast was so big that it had to be split into two parts. So you'll be hearing part one of the podcast today. Uh, we talk about you know our first memories of the movies, watching them growing up, uh, all the changes that George Lucas made to the special editions in the late 90s, the video games, some of the schematic books, and of course the controversial prequel trilogy. But before we do that, let me tell you about my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers. The Unicorn Wranglers are an indie rock band based right here in Pensacola, Florida, and they are very important to this podcast, and that's because they supply the theme music that you hear at the beginning and end of each episode. And the song you heard today is Twin Peaks from their album Murder Mystery Night, which you can find for free on Bandcamp. Just go to Bandcamp.com and search for the Unicorn Wranglers, and you can get Murder Mystery Night for free. That's my favorite four-letter word, free. You can also get their EP Atomics on iTunes and Spotify. You can also follow them on social media. They're on Twitter and Instagram at Wranglers. Just go to Facebook, search for the Unicorn Wranglers, and be sure to check out their website, unicornwranglers.com. And without further ado, let's take a journey to a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! Da, da. I was going. Wait, wrong, wrong movie, right? Yeah, yeah, it's alright though. Still about space. We're here to talk Star Wars. Star Wars. Let me have that Star Wars. I am your host, Derek Diamond, sitting along with my four guests here for the Star Wars roundtable. Sitting to my left is Mr. Uptown Eddie Murray. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Doing Helping well. that brand, to be Eddie. Here. Excited to be here. Everybody's <laughs> got to say my up- name like 40 <laughs> times tonight. He's first. Hey, what's your name here. again? <laughs> and you are. <laughs> oh man! You're I'm glad you came by, Edward. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank How you. How do we know you? No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting across from me is PA Extraordinaire, Mr. Josh Gay. How are you, sir? I'm doing wonderful, Derek Diamond. Also sitting across from me, I believe this is what the is this the twelfth or thirteenth? Thirteen. Do we were on fourteen? Do we fourteen? Really? I think so because you we were thirteen on Disney, right? I think he just makes this. Did anyone listen to Disney late? Did you listen to Disney? I didn't listen to Disney lately. Disney lately. I think we're fourteen, dude. Do do we count the Cheers appearance? I would. Yes. Yeah, that's a guess. It's a guess spot. Yeah, Yeah, guess spot. It's a guess spot. Surprise call in guess. They would count on IMDb, but. We're we're playing by IMDb. Adam Waldron (laughs) as Adam Waldron, (laughs) (laughs) and also now fellow podcaster. Yes, Adam Waldron. I will take I will take fourteen. We'll go with fourteen. 
And also sitting to my right is Mr. Bill Lyons, who is sporting a fantastic Rogue Squadron jersey. Yes, Rogue Squadron jersey from Geeky Jerseys. They are very great quality. Even if you don't like hockey, great quality nerd stuff, not just Star Wars. They listen to the fans. Go check them out at geekyjerseys.com. They're really great boot. Really great bunch of guys. I want one. It looks fantastic. And you said you had, like, what, five or six other ones? Just of the Star Wars ones, yeah. Geeky wow. jerseys total. And I'm not even one with the most. Um, I probably have upwards of 12 or 15. That's nuts. Just of geeky jerseys. They have some awesome ones. They really do. They have a Tron one that I really want to get. Yeah, the Tron one's cool. And they crowdsource. They'll, they will get on their Facebook. They will get on Twitter. And they will ask their fans, what do you want us to offer? Fantastic. Just a note. Ed. Ed, <laughs> Ed is that your name? What are you doing down there, Eddie? Hey. <laughs> I brought Pringles. <laughs> we are less than three minutes in, and this show this has already dinner. fallen completely I mean, off the rails. <laughs> but it's the loudest snack possible <laughs> on a podcast. Did you know that Pringles were originally going to make it? I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> anyway, we are here to discuss Star Wars. The greatest franchise in Western civilization. All right. We're gonna... <laughs> Let's take it easy, Bill. <laughs> Bond can what suck What is it, it, Arizona Cardinals? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Bond can suck it. That is a discussion for another podcast, sir. We should have that debate one day. What is better, Star Wars or James Bond? Or Interstellar. What? Hey, did, hey, did, any, oh, did any of the Star Wars Oh, you characters? just became my favorite employee. <laughs> I'm not your employee. <laughs> Did any of the Star Wars characters ever dress up like a clown with balloons? Just ask you. Jar Jar. That was... Well, hey. Hey. Oh, hey. oh no. Bill, better. No, better. Amidala. Oh, yeah. She, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the little lipstick thing. Yeah, yeah, but she was hot. That is th- true. Th- those are the balloons. All right, Derek. You, you get us back on track. I'm sorry. It's all good. So I want to start... We'll start with Mr. Bill here. What is your first memory of Star Wars? Return of the Jedi, and I was maybe four or five years old, and I remember then you always had stuff, not so much on actual VHS, but you had stuff on um, like recorded VHS, and I always remember never being able to find the one with the green lightsaber. That's all I wanted. I want to watch the one with the green lightsaber, and I could never find it, and every time I did, it was this awesome special thing. So Return of the Jedi is my earliest memory of Star Wars. Mr. Waldron? Uh, earliest memory of Star Wars would have to be watching on... I think uh, my neighbor, my best friend, had um, the... You know, you, you remember the old VHS combo packs that would have, like, the three movies mm-hmm. this big, and, you know, each movie was in there? I had that. Yeah, I still, yeah. ha- I still yeah, have mine. That, that's, that's, that's what we used to watch as, um, as a kid. We would put in the uh, New Hope, um, Empire, and uh, Return, and... You know, we just watch them back to back to back. But they, they I remember that distinctly they came in that three, like that three stacked VHS combo. Was it in like a big black box? With I think it, was, it had Yoda on yeah, one side and yeah, Vader on the yeah, other. I think I think all, yes. all, all three VHS it had gold on it. Thing. Yeah. Yoda was Return of the Jedi. Um, a stormtrooper was Empire, and then Vader was uh, Star Wars, and then the package cover was Vader. With like a Tie Fighter, yeah, right, and yeah. a and a either it was either the Falcon or um, an X Wing, but I think it was an X Wing. Yeah, so I remember watching those. <coughs> For me, like my brother is twelve years older than me, so I grew up 
like my first toys were Star Wars. I remember the little gold guy being like just one of my regular toys and not even knowing what it was. So I do remember just like you the recorded VHS and like when somebody would accidentally record over it, we'd have to like wait till it was on TV again and <laughs> get it just right. And I remember like we had like four copies of Return of the Jedi. And we were missing the the like opening crawl and like three of them. The most the most important thing about that trilogy that we're all talking about the box set. Until recently, I think they did come out with a Blu-ray DVD release, but it was the last time that it was an uncut version. Yeah, without like special effects, mm-hmm. right? The, the updated quote unquote updated versions. They it was the last time they were printed. They haven't put it on Blu-ray yet, but uh, that untouched version is supposed to be coming out next year, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. The Han shot first. What? Yes, yes, he did. Yeah. Even JJ says that. Yeah, Uptown. Um, I would probably say for me, it was definitely my brother was a little bit older than I was, so playing with the toys and stuff. I mean, he kind of got it into before I did. Um, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Let's let, let's let Adam have a moment during me he even talking. Tried. I was he even res- tried to save I, it. I was respectful during his, but let's let's give him this moment here. That's right. Come on, Adam, get it out. Call Sorry. Apparently, Sorry. me calling Lucas no. an effing pansy. <laughs> no, so I mean, I was huge on the micro machines, not the tiny, tiny ones, but the ones you could Dude, actually fix the little I figures. Love micro and machines. my brother and I, we just went to town on those. Yeah. And then I remember we were big on those. And then the the new editions came to theater that that box set that came from where they had the special effects that ended up being really horrible looking. But um, so the toys definitely, but the micro machines, not the small, tiny ones like the size of a quarter. I'm talking the ones where you could actually put the guys inside of it all yeah. day. All I, day. I remember those. All micro day. machines were awesome. I completely forgot about I micro machines. I oh, missed yeah. the uh, micro machines guy. I, I had the Death Star where you could like pop your finger on this certain thing and it would unfold to like the Death Star mm-hmm. and Tatooine and you could put all the figures in there. It was yeah. best Christmas present ever. I what about you, Mr. About Diamond? Uh, my first memory was watching the original trilogy at my uncle's house. This was I was probably five, six years old. He was a huge Star Wars fan. He actually introduced me to a lot of the things that I'm interested in today, like Nintendo, uh, Star Wars, WWE, all, all kinds of stuff. And I just remember watching them over and over and over again. And I remember the, the box set that we had had like a little five-minute documentary before each of the movies, yep. kind of describing mm-hmm. how, like, the process behind making each one. And to me, the process of how that movie was made is just as fascinating as the movie itself because George Lucas, as much crap as we give him now, he had to really fight Hollywood to make that, and no one believed in it. Even, he, even Alec Guinness, who he got to play Obi-Wan, said, I want nothing to do with this franchise. Well, and the bet between him and uh, Spielberg. So Spielberg still gets movies uh, money from Star Wars because he bet Lucas a cut of Star Wars if Star Wars was bigger than uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And Spielberg was like, yeah, this movie's going to be way bigger than my movie Close Encounters. So... If I'm right that it's bigger, I get a cut. And so he still makes... Spielberg has nothing to do with the movies, and he makes millions off of them because of a bet because Lucas thought it was going to be crap. He has directed some of them in the prequels. He did he direct- some He did some guest directing. Right. It, he actually turned down... Oh, <laughs> oh, we're already... Well, that we'll, get, we'll get to the prequels in a That bit. didn't take long. We're there. Go ahead and mark it, Derek. What's the time? <laughs> 6.45. Time is, yeah. First prequel bashing. We'll, we'll get to the prequels in a second, but uh, out of 
we'll include the prequels in this as well. I don't know if it'll be any of your answers, but <laughs> off the top of your head, like what what is your favorite out of the movies? Holiday special. Duh! <laughs> oh, you couldn't even have say that with it? a straight face. Have you found it? I have. I, I'm sure I can find it. I just on the, I've looked. On the Blu-ray set for the complete saga, there's an Easter egg with the old Boba Fett cartoon. I've seen that. I, I, and that was how he was introduced. I finally got that. A friend of mine um, was in Destin at a at an entertainment store and found a sealed used copy for Adult sixty bucks. Wow! And um, I got them to pick it up for me. So I finally, I just got it a few days ago. So I'm perusing it. I can finally watch because all my older ver- DVD versions are worn out. I can I can watch maybe two. A cool thing about that Blu-ray set is they have an extra disc with nothing but bonus features, mm-hmm. and they have a segment where it shows, uh, I don't think all of them, but a good majority of the parodies and knockoffs that have been done from Star Wars, like the Weird Al uh, Saga Begins music video, SNL skits, all kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm like, it, it's great that they actually admit that they've been made fun of, but that just shows you how much of an impact they've made in pop culture because of it. Well, heck, I mean, Family Guy did the whole, the whole trilogy. Yeah, yeah. And those are some of the best things I've ever seen. They're hilarious. Oh, absolutely. So, holiday special is your favorite? <laughs> no, um, Empire, obviously, Kirshner, the tone, everything. I'm going to go with New Hope, and why? Because it's not episodic. It was beginning, and I think that's that was the best incarnation of it. Yeah. Darth Vader survives at the end and flies off from whatever, you know. So it, it does set itself up for a sequel. But um, at the time, I mean, it, it was very definitive beginning. And they had the the Death Star. They blew it up. That, that kind of did the job. You know, there's still more story to tell, which, you know, I think Empire is a great movie. But my personal favorite would, would be just The New Hope. I mean, yeah, A uh, New Hope. It's Now, that uh, brings up an interesting point because I think a lot of our generation – never thinks to call it just Star Wars. Yeah. Because Lucas was forced, they, the studio told him, this is too long. You need to chop it up. And he went from this huge script to just what became A New Hope. And I don't think it was called A New Hope until They're, they were doing Empire. Yeah. yeah. Um, so do you guys ever think of it as just Star Wars yeah, to just so call it Star Wars instead of a New Hope, and that I grew up not calling it a New Hope or Episode Four. It, it that's it's always in our house. It's Star Wars, it's, and then Empire Strikes Back. Now, it's they, the Star were Wars. They episode yeah. Four before the prequels. It was yeah. It was added in. He he knew he he knew he couldn't do the prequel story at the time. Lucas swears that he had nine movies written. And then so he retracted that. He retracted and there was that, only six. and then Disney said he did not. But he had ideas for these episodic kind of ongoing yeah. saga. But he always knew that this picked up in the middle of whatever it was he imagined. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when exactly they added the episode four. Somebody get on the Googles. I want to say it was when Empire came out, when they yeah. put episode five. Yeah, then he went s- back because... The original Star Wars was re-released in theaters right. you know, not so long before that, and then they put in the crawl, Episode Four: A New Hope. Fun fact, back then they didn't give a crap about spoilers. Like, I read one of the like ads when they announced the Empire Strikes Back coming out, and there's a uh, newspaper article in some British newspaper, 
And it's where, <gasps> shocker, Luke finds out that Darth Vader's his dad. Like, what? This is yeah. Really? Spoilers. <laughs> I, hey, I ta- I said spoiler like the word spoiler. He's not listening to his podcast. He's not watched Star Wars. Yeah. So like that's the funniest thing to me is like the secrecy that was around Force Awakens. But back then they're like, yeah, yeah. He finds out he's. But dead. there was secrecy around around that because I mean I remember the story of what the. The, the person who plays Darth Vader was given a different line. David he Prowse. Said, knowing yeah. that it was going to be voiced over. Which he was all... Lucas had to come and, and what... To kind of he only him, told Hamill. Hamill yeah. ahead of time, like, hey, this is how I need you to react to this. Even though it's going to be different, this is how... So, But before I, the release, though, yeah. they were still like, hey, this is what happened. No one knew. No, It was one of the best... No, what? Yeah, I'm telling you. They had it in a magazine. Like, oh, did they? Yeah. I thought no one knew until it was released. No, there's a whole thing. I'll find it. Okay. Yeah, uh, Dave Prowse thought it was the line was Obi Wan killed your father yeah. instead of I am your father. So yeah, no one at that time, no one really knew except for Lucas and Mark Hamill. And I even remember um, recently, Mark Hamill did an interview saying that he didn't even tell his wife. She found out in the theater in the just theater. like most everyone else did. In late 1978, you can't do that these days. No, you can't do that at all. In 1978, David David Prose uh, revealed that he was Luke's father two years before uh, Empire came out in interviews. <laughs> he was notorious for leaking yeah, spoilers. Them. Oh, yeah. Like all the spoiled scripts and stuff. And a lot of people think that that's why he wasn't invited to hang out at uh, The Force Awakens. Yeah. But what about you, Josh? What's your uh, your favorite Star Wars movie? And it's not even just going to be the favorite movie. The Battle of Hoth. I got to go with Empire, the Battle of Hoth. That whole thing sticks out to me just because, for whatever reason, that's what I was obsessed with as a kid. Yeah, like, the toys that were easiest to get a hold of were Jabba's sail barge and, like, Ewok sticker books and stuff like that. But I was obsessed with the snow spears. Oh, man. No, I can't. Sorry. Uh, Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) No, but, like... (laughs) I was just obsessed with that battle, and there was something so gritty about it. Warwick something Davis. that, that, that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff. Keep sorry, going. Go. Keep sorry. Going. Josh. <laughs> he, he does it to everybody. It's okay. <laughs> I quit. It was that was that one was my fault. I'm sorry. Um, Continue. No, but it, like, it was that trench warfare. There was something. It was almost like very World War One. <laughs> well, actually, so again, another fun fact: that's what George Lucas did for his like demo reels. Is before they'd shoot the battles, he would splice in World War One and World War Two battle footage. They are shot for shot. Yeah, like World War Two. Seriously, they like I've seen footage where they play them side by side. They are shot for shot. Yeah, so like all of these battles, and that's what to me really stuck out to me was that this looked like this great war story from the get-go. Mm-hmm. You know, guys jumping out of the trenches, dying here, you know, uh, you have these giant armored tanks coming at you, that sort of thing. It all translated to me because... The ad ad was the ultimate kid toy. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah. I, I never even got I, an ad at. I, I agree with that statement. You, you know, I thinking about the Battle of Hoth and everything, it, it really added some legitimacy to the the whole, like, conflict... That that was because I mean you got a little bit of it in 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 the New Hope, but that was all in space. It wasn't really like you it was know, running down guy hallways and guy. stuff. Yeah, yeah you, you know it wasn't it wasn't this like here comes you know the the front line. 
here, here it comes, and, and these guys have to figure out how to kind of weather the storm long enough to get their people out of it because it's just so overwhelming. I think it gave some like overwhelming sense to to you know the empire that that wasn't just a giant circle that blew up stuff you know well not even just the battle outside but inside the base when han's trying to get leia out and you hear imperial troops have entered the base and it cuts to vader you know walking through flanked by snowtroopers and you hear the the badass imperial march theme that's one of the best pieces of music ever So what about you, Eddie? So no, I, I just saw a strawberry I, cheesecake. I gotta go with uh, the Phantom Menace. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so, you so, know so. you joke. Best Sith on screen ever. Well, yeah, Darth, yeah, Maul, Darth Maul. Yeah. Was Darth Maul is awesome. No, I mean, I, honestly, Adam and I were talking about this the other day. Empire Strikes Back is actually probably my least favorite. Star Wars. Really? I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, after we Hoth, talking about this. After word. Hoth, I'm done. Yeah. Like the whole Yoda thing. I, I, whatever. Return of the Jedi. That's that's probably my go-to. The big space battle, Admiral Apar at the trap, and like you know, they head over to the side, and there's this little battle going. There's so many battles going. I know as a kid, I was like, whoa. First off, they're in space fighting. They're on the Forest Moon Endor fighting. Like, what's happening right now? So. Um, and plus the whole job of and the there's hut. Muppets and, and, and that's the thing too I think for me at the time from the original ones I love the animatronics of seeing Jabba the Hutt and like that little like <laughs> Jabba it's the Hutt gave creepy. me hope oh, as, yeah. a, as a fat teenager I was like I could have a hot girl. I could be in a gangster a, <laughs> in a bikini and change. Well, plus you Hell saw yeah. Leia in the bikini. That's that, that's always a go-to. But uh, yeah, I mean, Return of the Jedi. I just thought that was it culminated everything. I mean, in a sense. I mean, but uh, I enjoyed it. That was my favorite. One thing about Return of the Jedi, it probably has the best lightsaber battle of the entire original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the one from Empire was good, but this one in Jedi had so much like raw emotion in it, especially when. Vader says, you know, if you won't turn to the dark side, maybe your sister will. And he just snaps and just goes right after Luke him. not having that. Mm-mm. Yeah, the rage of Luke was, that's palpable. I, I, mean, I was, you took the word right out of my mouth. Well done. Palpable? For so palpable time? It, it was palpable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're beating me to it. Damn. Palpable. Bros. Was, yeah. <laughs> By the way, just a note, Josh's hat has now turned backwards. We progress. Keep going, Derek. That's how serious this is getting. <laughs> Live coverage. Now it's back front ways. Oh, boy. We'll keep you posted yeah. throughout the night. I'd have to go with Empire. I mean, the, the Vader reveal, obviously, is up there. Love the Battle of Hoth. Uh, it introduces Yoda. It's just a movie that I can watch over and over again. It's, my, it's not only my favorite Star Wars movie. It's my all-time favorite movie, period. So here's a question. Can you guys watch any of them just like out of order like pick up and go yeah. hey i'm gonna watch yeah. jedi yeah. yeah i actually have certain time of days when i like to watch them it's really weird okay so return of the jedi is like <laughs> <laughs> i find this fascinating no, i'm sorry i'm, I'm giving thinking, you like a bewildered no, 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 no. attention like I'm Re- <laughs> return of the jedi is like a early to mid afternoon movie when like the sun's about to go down you know yeah hoth is a cold night obviously well empire not hoth we you guys were See, Empire, Hoth. I always thought was a daytime thing, but go ahead. Um, New Hope and Phantom Menace are morning movies. Ah, uh, I ta- can see that. Atta- I can see Phantom Menace. Attack of the Clones is a night movie. Yeah, Phantom Menace really has that, like, 9.30 on TBS. <laughs> yeah, feel to it. Now, now, I can't <laughs> ruin a nice day. cup of coffee. Yeah, I'm home safe from Phantom school. No, no, not on, Sunday, <laughs> on a Tuesday. 
I right between right right between Price is Right and Feud. Now I can watch it Don't at night, but that's you know like I need to go to sleep kind of thing. Um, what's left? Uh, Sith is kind of wherever Sith. I really only watch Sith when I want to see all the lightsaber battles. Yeah, that's that's really it. And A New Hope on it actually doubles. I have to watch A New Hope on Thanksgiving. After, I like that Thanksgiving I like tradition. This. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. After I've eaten, because um, I, I think I used to watch it with my pop-up. And we, so I sit, and when I'm about to explode, I'll watch A New Hope. Quick, nice. I, I want to ask a question. What was the last Star Wars you've seen, and when was it? Attack of the Clones a couple days ago. Um, honestly, Force Awakens when it first came out on DVD. Wow, slacking. Disappointing. I know. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw... Uh, what did I see? The Attack of the Clones, I think, probably about maybe like three weeks ago. I watch Force Awakens literally every day. I have a two-year-old who's obsessed with it. Um, as far as other movies in the trilogy, I just watched, excuse me, in the saga. In the saga, excuse me. I just watched all of the prequels for the first time in forever. And then I watch, I pick up randomly once a week, I watch one of the, the main trilogy yeah. He, by the way, uh, just in case you hear random, like, oh my god. Yeah, we're we're we oh, we have oh, we have. Oh, he didn't. <laughs> okay, so you got. I, this happened have, last time. Uh-huh. Though, we did I was about, I was about to say. So we were in the other room. Thir- and I was thir- watching the game. Thir- <laughs> Thursday night football is on my phone. <laughs> Bill Sorry. kept being like, "Is everything okay, oh, Adam?" No, I'm like, "Oh no." It was when the the Eagles were playing on Monday night. I can't remember. It was Eagles and Bears. Yeah. I'd be I'd be in the middle of an in depth story, and Adam would have this look of just. I don't know, and I'd be like, "You're right, Adam. Would you like me to stop talking so you can watch the football like, game?" No, it's just the football game. The answer is Des caught it. The, but the the prequels were just on, or the the whole thing was just on TV. They always the come on day, like right? Thanksgiving or the yeah. day after Thanksgiving. It was, yeah, yeah I, I think, think it was Thanksgiving. I think the last one I saw was was Force Awakens back in maybe like August. Spike used to play them all the time because that was like their only mm-hmm. big license. Yeah, they do them. Um, they do like a marathon. Are they still around? Lot. Yeah. Oh, Spike's yeah. still around. Yeah, Spike still does the marathon of uh, the Star Wars. It's events, like a weekend marathon. See, right? I have them on on yeah. iTunes, and so like seriously, the kid will either go Yoda. Or she'll say BB-8 or Kylo Ren, and that tells me what movie she wants to see. She rarely... So she hates the prequels, which is hysterical to me. She will not watch more than five minutes of any of the prequels. Um, she so doesn't... When, so when she says Yoda, what does she mean? Empire or Empire. Jedi? Empire. Empire. Uh, Jedi, she just says space. And so I put on the space battle. And that like that's usually like right before bed. I'll do the last 45 minutes of Return of the Jedi. And she'll be glued to the set and pass out as soon as it's done. It's on VHS, so you have to like keep no. fast forwarding. Oh, okay, all right. What about characters? What are some of your favorite Star Wars characters? Ooh, this is a really good question. Yeah, hmm. Admiral Ackbar. It's a trap. I, no, I enjoy him because I actually rest, Mon rest in Calamari. Peace, so I mean, he was he was I'm so so minimal Admiral, in the movies, but like I ended up reading a little bit into his backstory and like in, in the universe of Star Wars, he's a big character. Like you learn about like he's from this planet that's like 
a water planet and the empire kind of comes in and especially sort of, in the yeah, show calamari. i remember it being calamari yeah, he, he, he is a mon calamari which is the <laughs> you know, uh, hey let's come racist. up with a real creative name he's the squid guy yeah. uh, calamari he, he works his way up through the rebel alliance you know and he does just... does anyone else have a problem looking at him in a in like a full frame like when i look at admiral akbar or any other mon calamari i don't see like the full fish head the the eyes on the side never register with me. I just see like the middle bit. Does that anyone else no. get that? See, no, no. See, see, my <laughs> my issue is his head's so big, but his collar is so skinny around his neck. It's like, how does he get it off? To does snap. He ever he take it off? He doesn't. How do they get that fish smell out of the, out of <laughs> yeah, the spacecraft? Exactly. You know? or it's a drop. I, I have a feeling there's a lot of weird smells going on in Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, the spice mines of Kessel, they've got a reek. Yeah. <laughs> or smash into who knows what. <laughs> I, you know, for me, I, I'll say I've got a couple. I've got a couple of favorite characters. One, I think my favorite villain, being uh, Mr. Darth Maul. Yes. I God, man, I, I so love badass. Darth Maul. And I, it hurts me that they killed him off in that first movie, and that was all that we saw. And then he we came got, back in Rebels. I, I know he did, and and I, Clone you know, I kind of wish they they, they Clone, did. Clone I wish they did that <laughs> same, in the movies. Same, same producers, whatever. I mean, that after matter. that, after after he got killed off, I mean, the the villains we had, Count Dooku, old guy in Depends. I mean, honestly, Grievous was awful. What's you know, Lord of the Rings at, is at going least, on. So I was just like, you know, Christopher Lee, like you know, isn't he Saruman? Saruman. At like, least I don't with know Grievous. In the, do you guys remember the first featurette really? cartoons that Cartoon Network did? Not the, not the, the, six a, the actual animated one, like the mini series. Yeah, like the, yeah. the little shorts they did. In the very last episode, it goes, it's what happens right before Sith, and they show why Grievous has the thing. Oh, I've got to watch that now. They Mace crushes his chest with the Force as he's escaping. Mace Windu has to be the worst character in Star Wars. But then they screwed it up. I guess they excommunicated that short because in the actual series, he's still like that. Yeah. He's still all. Yeah. I just, I feel like General Grievous is just a a bad ripoff of, of, because the the cool thing, I remember Darth Maul, you get to that end fight scene and, you know, they they take the cloaks off and everything. He goes and he puts in, you know, the one beam comes out of the lightsaber. And then the second beam comes out of the other lightsaber. And you're, you're like, like, oh, damn. Oh, oh, no. This is about it going to... down and now. General Grievous, I just feel, is World, like World Star. escalation of that. They're like, oh, well. What, don't... He has four arms and four lights. And I'm like, well, kind of the, the, I, I like Grievous to the point where in the cartoon, he was a badass. He was taking down multiple Master Jedi at a time. In the movie, they didn't handle it well. I guess what I was told, I haven't read it, what I was told is in the Revenge of the Sith novel, they explain how Obi-Wan defeated him so easily that Obi-Wan actually slowed down time with the Force so he could cut his arms down. What? That's why I don't read a lot of the Now, novels. I don't know. I haven't read that for myself. That's just what I was told. But that's what I have the to think about well, that's, every time I watch it. That's a great segue uh, for me because my second you, favorite character you want a segue? is... Is obviously Obi Wan Kenobi, both young and old. Wow, you McGregor. Go with, yeah, uh, I, McGregor I, is a better Obi Wan. I, I and I yeah. agree with you on that. I wish the Ewan McGregor is better. the prettiest wish, man in the world. I'd have his babies. I 
He's up there with Hugh Jackman. I like him on that that commercial. Hugh Jackman's Verizon too scruffy. Commercial. Like I feel like Hugh Jackman. Oh, that's, hurt that's me. the best thing about him. I feel like you and McGregor would be tender. He's slightly dangerous. Where we and talking about man crushes? Yeah. Matthew McConaughey. What? All right. Oh. All right. All right. When's he in Star Wars? Oh my God. He could be. He could be from one of them planets out there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one with a with, with maybe maybe with a evolving. with an animal named Cyrus. <laughs> Out there, I'm, I'm I mean, just his speeder comes up to Cyrus and he's like, "Which one's gonna move? I'm not sure, but we're gonna wait here to find he just, out." He's just gonna. We're gonna sit watch there the double sunset. Hey, my name's Darth Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't I couldn't do that straight faced. I just drive Darth around sexy. my speeder just with my shirt off. Speeder. Lincoln, <laughs> a Lincoln speeder. That was mine, but but Obi Wan, Obi Wan, I dude, I loved Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan, my favorite character, because uh, you know I was I was still pretty I was still pretty young when when Episode One came out, and I remember uh, I think it was Taco Bell had like the you got the the coins mm-hmm. and everything, and if you got enough coins, you, you know, it's, it's like the McDonald's. You know, Monopoly. Pizza Hut did something like that. With maybe it was pizza. It was they, pizza. They had a little pog kind of. Yeah, thing. maybe it was, it was, it was pizza. pizza I can't remember which one. I thought it was Taco Bell. It might have been Pizza Hut, um, but I, I still remember. And I actually, fun story. Episode one, I had the script, the screenplay. I remember you telling me about yeah, this. Yeah, and uh, we would actually, funny enough, we would actually act out. We would go through and act out the uh, the screenplay and everything, and uh, you know, do you know, do the battles, do everything. We'd change characters and stuff like that. Um, so, but I, I distinctly remember having the the whole screenplay in a book. F- funny story about watching uh, the Phantom Menace. I was in a contest for the biggest Star Wars nerd in Pensacola. Really? Yeah, and I was. Uh, it was TK one hundred and one, and it was for a basically a limo ride, dinner, and reserved seats to the premiere of it, and. The problem is, is like it started off with like normal trivia, and then the last thing, and I'm in high school, I'm a freshman in high school at this point, and the uh, the re- the other guy I like ended up competing against is like some old, like creepy guy. They ended up just going, who can get hit by the most dildos without like yelling quit? And I'm like, this is what? <laughs> like it was like this what? trivia contest and like. Yeah, and like they call one of the things was you obviously had to, Anakin Skywalker. Yes, exactly. Ooh. No, 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 but no. Like literally, me and the, me and this other guy were Too standing. Soon. Me and this other guy were standing in TK one hundred and one, getting dildos thrown at us. Like what? Yes, FM radio man, wacky wacky DJs. But like they had to call my mom and said, like I had to predict what my mom would say if asked, who would your son have a gay affair with in Star Wars? Like what? Oh yeah, it was stupid FM DJ wackiness. But anyway, I won. I got a bunch of dildos thrown at me and got great seats to it. And, and like in high school, everyone was so obsessed with like, oh my god, you're going and you got a limo ride and all this other. It was great. It's fantastic. I love dildos. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, motorized or <laughs> all of the above. No, but so favorite character, and this is a. a a newer one, and I get a lot of crap from it, especially from from the wife. I love the depth of the character Kylo Ren. 
I love where he's coming from. I love this torn by the force thing. I love that you don't know exactly what his motivations are. I love the rage inside of him. So as a character, I think he's the best written character in the whole saga because he has this... He's what Anakin should have been if Anakin had decent writing. Like do you think, Do you think though, that it was executed correctly? Oh, yeah. Like, I think... I mean, oh, or you mean Anakin... No, no, I mean Kylo Ren. You yeah, think oh, it yeah. was executed correctly? Yeah, I, I, I think that he was uh, a perfect choice to be Kylo. Like, because he has that sniveling, kind of like whiny, but he's also full of rage. I think Tilly takes off the mask. I think taking off the mask. They did that at the wrong time. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I, I think the mask should have come off like when he's finally talking to Han. Yes. I don't think it should have come off in front of Ray. I think yeah, that was kind it of. Didn't, that didn't resonate with me. To me, to me, everything about Kylo Ren kind of dissipated for me when when he took off the mask because, you know, like you said, he did have that. Ri- I mean, beat the crap out of that control panel with his lightsaber. You you know, all this kind of like you get the sense of unstableness, you know, and but you, I don't know if you ever really got an age of him. You know, yeah, you, you really didn't have an idea until it was explained to you, and and he takes off his mask and. And everything, and I like the unstableness of him. Now it's just kind of like, yeah, but like I love the, I love the fact that he's trying too hard. Like I love that that's yeah, part of his character that. is that she goes, you know, then some creature in a mask, and that's why he takes off his mask to be like, no, I'm not really a creature. I'm not, I'm not screwed up like Darth Vader. Okay, yeah. This is my dad. <laughs> and so I mean, that's I, I think that lends itself a little bit to the depth of him is that he is this this confused emo kid of oh my god you know my my dad pissed me off and i love my goth grandfather blah 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 <laughs> and somebody just called me a name marty mcfly being called chicken or something you know and he had to take him off, off his mask i love the depth of that because that was actually a thought out thing by jj of going you know what let's reveal that this guy really isn't he doesn't need this mask he wears it just to look like his grandfather you know yeah uh, no, I, I mean I see your point, and 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 I, th- I think you're you're right uh, to to some aspects, but I, I just think with it, it, there's just something about that. I'm just waiting for the lava. That <laughs> <laughs> I've got the high ground. <laughs> Go ahead and try it. What about you, Bill? Um, are we sticking to movies or going to the EU oh, at all? Because uh, I I know who I who I would say for EU. We'll, we'll, we'll stay with movies. <laughs> I think I have to go all in on R2D2. Oh, I like that. Wow. So you, you went that? with a Confidence. Non, non-organic being. I mean, it's very Westworld of you. <laughs> so have you seen the theory that that the saga is told from his point of view that like so certain things are stretched because it he's like the narrator? What? Yeah, there's a whole theory about that. There are so you know many. What? I could theories. sit here and make a theory that let's do it. The whole Star Wars universe is told from the swamp monster on. Uh, Dagobah, Springs. You know, <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> creature from the Black Lagoon, right? Yeah, there you um, go. Yeah, so I mean, we could all make theories if we want. Doesn't make them right. I really, I really like R two D two though. From from the get go of the saga, he's one of the funniest and most important character. He's the most important character when it first starts. You know that's you know Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. 
I mean, the movie is really about two. I mean, the saga is about two robots. Right. It's not about. It's not about. <laughs> Has nothing to do with Jedi or no, Sith then, or the Force. It's about how the hell do we get these two droids from A to B? Yeah. Well, and then Force Awakens picks right back up with the new robot. Hey, yep. he's got and, the important stuff. And the entire time, R two has the map. <laughs> and he's they the just smartest. don't think to turn R two on. I've got a question. Okay. I got an answer. Did it bother anybody that the Force Awakens was a deliberate ripoff <laughs> of a New Hope? So no, 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 not, at all. not really. No, every okay, every. On that Jordan, Eddie, what about you, Eddie? Eat your Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> George. <laughs> really excited to be here tonight. <laughs> oh man, we might need to take a break. <laughs> I enjoyed the Force Awakens. That was that was question. question. <laughs> Go ahead, that it was a, a ripoff of a New Hope. Did it bother you that it was a ripoff of a New Hope? I didn't feel like it was a. Uh, I didn't feel like it was a, a ripoff of. It. it was almost like a sequel to it. It it hits all the beats. Okay, so I, I, I want to make a point that I actually enjoyed The Force Awakens. I thought it was a great direction. I, I loved the, the story, the, 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 everything. My, my only hang-up was that it was a rip-off of, of A New Hope, Josh. So my counter to that is think about real-life wars. All right, so th- I mean, and I know you rolled your eyes, but think about I this. I did not roll my eyes. Yeah, you did. You rolled your eyes. I did not roll my yeah, you eyes. you did. You're cute like, when you do that, so just thank you. Um... No, but so think about it. World War II, atomic bombs, blows everything up. What does everybody do right after that? Countries build new stockpiles. Yeah. So everybody's like, well, what? You're just going to build a bigger Death Star? Well, that's what we do. We just go, yeah, you know what? We're going to build the exact same bomb, just bigger. We did the same super weapon for years. We still do it. That ended World War II. So... Why wouldn't they take the same technology they did, make it more efficient by putting it on a planet instead of having to build all that steel, you know, build that massive contraption, put it on a planet, harvest some energy, and use the same technology that they already have and can already harness? Why did Jakku being a desert planet bother anyone? Yes. Yeah, it was too. Go, ta- Bill. Are are there not non-desert planets That's if they were gonna, in that galaxy? If they were going to everything important planet, have to happen on a desert planet? Only, I thought it was my, Tatooine now, halfway through the movie. <laughs> I did too. Now my only rebuttal to that is let's take our own solar system for granted. You know, it, it, yes, they are all pretty much similar. Except all the terrestrial, all all the except for ours, except mm-hmm. for ours, which is slightly different. But but even ours. Has some of the same qualities that, that so, Mars and Venus. Have. I think there's Mercury. a little bit though, like even looking at the stuff that's coming out about Rogue One, Jedha or Jedha, however you pronounce it, it's a desert planet, and it's important to the religion of the Force. the yeah. The Jedi, it's a sacred area for the Jedi, and it's a desert planet. And I think I, that it's all kind of a theme of it's this rustic, it's spacious, it's lonely. And that's kind of a theme to our heroes that they're isolated. They're yeah. they don't have this community around them. They're isolated. They're alone with their thoughts. They're torn between you know living this simple life or or moving forward to step into the forest. Whereas people like the Empire, everything they have is clean and shiny, and you know it's kind of a, a stark contrast to it. And that's why I think they specifically say we've got to start off on a desert. And from a filmmaking standpoint, George Lucas has said, there's only so many environments. 
There are. Yeah. And I mean, over the years, we've seen what Felucia is the jungle yeah. kind of mm-hmm. world. And, you know, we've seen Camino, which was what all the water. It was the water yeah. storm. And I can't remember the one that's like, was it Megito or? The snow Geonosis? One? No, no, no. no but the, the one that's like kind of like ash. Oh, Mustafar. No, no. I thought there was one like Megito. There, there is. That's snow. Was is that, that snow? It's I frozen, thought that was it's a like, frozen world. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Mm. Um, for Battlefront Two. To speak to the point of like Force Awakens and A New Hope being the same thing, just from a storytelling point of view, all the beats kind of have to be there. You know, your idol has to die. You have to meet a new teacher. You know, it's all about the hero's journey. It's a standard storytelling thing. But on top of that. Now that we have all of the beats out of the way, now we can depth. we can go deeper and tell the story that Force Awakens set up. My only issue with Force Awakens really is that it was episodic. You know, the, it, there was the beginning, the end, but you didn't think it ended on a definitive note. No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it very much hang, hung on. A I'll tell you what: finger. if Episode Eight is just Ray and Luke talking, I will be happy. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, just... Derek, you know my feelings about the helicopter shot. I, I didn't mind. <laughs> the, it. I mean, it just looked it. It looked different. It didn't look Star Wars, right? It did not. It, it does look out of place. Yeah, and that's my concern with Rogue One is that it's going to look different because. The way it was shot was completely different. I'm actually excited. Oh, about I'm excited the, as hell. Does, yeah. does anyone at this table you, not have their tickets yet? I already have mine. Op- the first showing We're, Thursday night. We'll nights. be right yep, there with we'll you, man. We'll be there. Yeah. Right, wait, crap. Are you going to the <laughs> 7 or the 10? Eddie has a concerned look on his head. When does it come face? out? The I 15th. Got, I got mine for 1035. Oh. No, we got oh, So that was the funny story. Is we actually went on. Because what? Uh, it tickets was went on sale at midnight. Midnight. Yeah. So we actually went on at like eleven thirty, and they they were available. Well, it was a, it we was midnight them. like Pacific. Or I thought so. it was midnight Eastern. No, no, it, it was midnight. It had to be midnight Eastern. I just bought them no, at first. So we bought them at eleven thirty. Yeah, I bought mine before. It may have been Eastern. It had to have been Eastern. Yeah, time not because Pacific, it would have been yeah. twelve there. Yeah, time. so not Pacific Eastern. So yeah, so we like we went on there had no trouble buying tickets. I yeah. was like, I had a forty five minute wait, and it came up Fandango. I had Fandango gift cards. I had to use. Yeah. Their site came up and said, waiting in line, your wait will be 45 minutes. Don't worry, we'll get you there, like, sort of thing. And I just, Really? Yeah. We and did, what, movie tickets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I've always used. I always use movie tickets, but... Yeah. Fandango's first. starting to take over all the links. Like, when you go to look for tickets or go to a movie theater's website, it's just all Fandango on, now. A- Amazon Prime Day had uh, gift cards for 25% off, so... Well, nice. Well, that sucks. Uh-huh. I don't want to go by myself. I have an extra. I might have an extra ticket. You'll be someone, alone. Someone go with me, or no, I'll I'm just. Not, stay. I'm not gonna lie. I'm probably not gonna go back to back showing. I'll stay because I actually like I'll that go. Saturday. <laughs> Eddie just found a ticket to the 10:35 showing. Eddie, you have your. Tickets. I've got the golden ticket. <laughs> no, but so Saturday, I've already made plans to take my daughter oh. to an early showing. So because I'm really excited doing the right name dropping. I didn't say any. I, what, I, I didn't say your name. I remember um, when the first trailer came out. Um, they they make they show the shot of her in the imperial armor, and there's the voiceover of the guy saying, um, "You know what'll happen if you keep fighting or something akin to that," and it shows my Mothma in it too. 
Mm-hmm. And I actually had this argument at TBS Comics after the trailer came out. I was like, wouldn't it be sweet if she's the reason the Bothans died? Because Will the Bothans yeah. die? I didn't even think about well, that. Well, here's the thing. Someone at the sh- at the shop pointed out that that because obviously Rogue One, as we all know, takes place before New Hope. Mm-hmm. Mothma apparently says that in Jedi. Yeah, and we were sure. ar- we were arguing it over and over that no, she said it in New Hope. Looked it up, sure enough, it was Jedi. So that she wasn't even in a New Hope. So nope. that crossed my dreams. One thing about Rogue One, I don't know if you guys have read this, but it's not going to have the opening crawl. Yeah, no opening crawl. Because um, it's not I a saga good. movie. And going back to the way, it, just real quick, the way it was shot, uh, they are shooting it on a 360 set. So not just like a, a, a set in front of it and the camera's on one side. All of the camera people are dressed as characters. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, and so it's going to be shot a lot different. And most of it is going to be improv. Like, not improv, but like the characters are allowed to kind of go with what they're what they want to do. In extras, instead of telling extras like, hey, walk from point A to point B, they're telling them you're a soldier, you're a prisoner, go. It's really cool. So I feel like are you guys you guys are Halo fans, right? What's mm-hmm. the Halo? Halo yeah. the game? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Rogue One's gonna be like ODST that movie where it's I can not exactly, you know, Master Chief, but you're kinda you're you're there, you're here in the same universe. So. But see, I think I think Rogue One has the chance to broaden the Star Wars universe, just like the cartoons have. You know, because uh, the cartoons are widely successful, mm-hmm. aren't they? You know, so I think this has a cinematic chance to, to widen the breadth of it's just there's more to this to this universe than just Jedi Sith. Well, that's what I love. There's not going to be any Jedi, but I, there's going to be great. there's going to be characters who believe in the Force, but they're like, yeah, man, I can't I can't do that Jedi thing. Plus, um, it's Spaceballs too, the quest for more money, <laughs> the yes. search for more money. <laughs> now, for it, an- another plug for geeky jerseys, they just re-released their Ballsy 2.0. It is a Spaceballs inspired yeah. geeky jersey. I cannot wait to order that. One it's of the best parodies of all time. It's available till December 15th. Go get I, it. But I will say something uh, maybe outlandish in the sense that I'm more excited about Rogue One than I am at episode Me eight. too. See, I I can't do that because I want to know what the hell Luke's been going through in this in this universe where the where the all the expanded stories aren't anymore, aren't canon anymore. Honestly, I don't care. See, I do, but so, I would rather hear the story about how they they stole the Death Star plans. I love what it. I want to hear that too. I love what, what it sets up. And Kathleen Kennedy, the whole thing is that she's not letting Episode Nine be finalized, or she's not letting uh, any of the other spinoff movies be finalized until Rogue One comes out because they want to see what the reaction is. See, and I'll say I'll have to agree with Bill though on it, just because I think it's one of those things where we know obviously they steal the plans because that's what they use. And yeah. I get it. It's like how do they get there and how do they? So I, I got to say, what is with Luke? What's going to happen there? Is he going to pull a Kenobi and you know put his lightsaber down, and say a prayer, and he's gone? What's going to happen? So there's but a lot more reverse, mystery. That's why I kind of I, I tend to shy away from the prequels. Because I know everything does fall apart, you know. So this is a, a more positive spin. So I do know that it's going to work out in a Everybody way. Everybody dying, end. getting the but, plans. But I know that I know that the I know. But in the prequels, you know, like you're just waiting. You're waiting for this to all to fall apart. Well, there's also the Knights of Ren. I want to know. I want to know more about this Knights of Ren. Yeah. If you don't read the comics, 
and you only watch the movie, you only get, or the books rather, you only get one shot. You yeah, get during w- Ray's during Ray's force flat, vision, force vision exactly. You only get one shot of the Knights of Ren. Well, and the rumor was that there was this whole sequence that they filmed, thinking that they were going to explain it. The Constable Zuvo or whatever was one of the main toys that came out on the. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. There's like giggling going on. That's okay. Oh, my computer made a funny sound. Oh. Derek got an email. You got mail. You've got mail. It's Could you Ryan. imagine that right now? Hmm? If that was still <laughs> like all awful. the emails yeah. you get. If, if AOL day, survived. Yeah, all those emails you get during the day. If yeah. it said you got mail every single time. My promotions tab is like 190 emails a day. It's awesome. You got, you got, you got, you got. Now, Derek, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Ooh. 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 Okay. So this kind of goes back to the, what we were talking about earlier so about, about sexy. You know. Force Awakens being similar to, to New Hope. Mm-hmm. What if, in person reports, maybe, that episode eight is very much like Empire? Is that a positive or a negative for you? I hope that it has a similar tone, Yeah, but maybe not necessarily mirroring the same steps like i don't want to see ray get her hand chopped off but i want i want to see luke riding ray's back like right <laughs> did you see the picture that, that might be that might be that might be a little x-rated <laughs> no now come this, on that would be the director's cut that actually is trailer. a great segue into something that i read the other day all these spinoffs are planned we've obviously got rogue one that's about to come out they're working on a han solo there was a canceled boba fett one Mm. Stupid, stupid decision. I See, know. Boba Fett doesn't do it for me. I don't care yeah, about I, bounty I, hunters. Boba in Fett the was a great toy. He's Captain Phasma to uh, like 1.0, you know? But the one that I, along with a lot of other people, have wanted is an Obi Wan movie with Ewan McGregor. Yes. That has are to you, happen. But no, but are you. Go ahead, please. But someone, I, it was some type of writer, came out with a very interesting comment when they were asked, why haven't they done an Obi-Wan movie? Because you think that would be an absolute no-brainer. Yeah. And Ewan but, McGregor says, I want to be in this yes, now. Yes, he wants to do it. I think he would be great with the, with the correct writing, the correct directing style that, that the new films have shown. Uh, I think it would there's, really... There's already a great framework for the story, too. Jude Watson who is primarily a children's author, yeah. has done tons of Star Wars young adult novels. Yeah. The Last of the Jedi focuses on Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he's a great actor. We know we yes. know all the actors of the prequels are, are great actors, minus Christian. Uh, <laughs> what about Jake <laughs> Lloyd, man? Yeah. Continue, Derek. I don't want to cut you off. So he said the reason why is because Obi-Wan's story has not been finalized yet. In... The, the new in the saga. trilogy. Da, so, da, da. And this is somebody who's I'm, been This is a writer on. I'm going to call Wars. this right now. It and will he be. He probably got called in the mouse's office. Probably. The mouse so. was probably sitting oh, there saying. I thought we were going to have a problem. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, you got to cut that. You can't use it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll keep that one in. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say it. It will be revealed that Ray is the granddaughter of Obi Wan. That's what I. That's what I hope they do. They, I don't want her to be Luke's daughter. They said she that she can't be. The timeline doesn't make sense. Well, and they said that her accent was a deliberate choice. Yeah, and that I think gives away a lot because yeah. you know Finn's a British actor, John Boyega, but they, he speaks with an American accent. Yeah, so I think that's where we're leaning. I actually. Well, this is what we look like. <laughs> I 
Nice. I actually hope, though, that, like, her parents are nobody, and I think that I really hope that it's like, yeah, yeah, you know what? We don't know who her parents are, and uh, screw it. Doesn't matter. I think she definitely has. She definitely has to be someone important to have the connection with Kylo that she does, because there's a connection there. I hope they're lovers. What about midi chlorian? <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, so let me get my no uh, one special. <laughs> you have to have microscopic parasites in your okay, body. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm gonna go sorry, get my what sorry. is it? A, a lady chick? Is that what he uh, used as his uh, com? Something like that. Yeah. Sorry. No, but I mean, honestly, I I I'm I actually just lost my thought. Sorry. No, it's okay. I'm dead. No, of course I have. No, I'm just trying to think. I, I mean, the Obi Wan movie. I'm thinking you, know, you got to have. Usually in a movie, you have to have a protagonist. So who's yeah. who's the protagonist in that situation? Yeah. Well, Obi Wan. Who's the antagonist? I'm, why, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm talking it about would probably be Vader, and he's probably trying to help what he can as much as watching because Vader, you know, is out there. I'm well, sure and, and the prequels set up a ton of side villains, you know, and a lot of side missions for. Yeah, you know, Obi Wan, and I actually kind of picture him as kind of going on these little, like, yeah, like, he could still be sent off for Jedi missions under Yoda. Hey, you go do this. Hey, why don't you go do this? And then maybe that's why he ends up with Qui Gon because he never mentions Qui Gon in the mm-hmm. the original trilogy. He says he was trained by Master Yoda. Maybe Master Yoda's like, yeah, we got to send you with Qui Gon because you're too too weird. There's all he. There's also a ton of interpretation for. Um, for him to help um, the rebellion. Uh, what's his nuts? Um, the senator, Leia's adoptive dad. Bail Organa. Bail Organa, Bail Organa. Bail thank Organa's. you. I should know that. Um, He's in Rogue when, One. When, when Leia says, you helped my father in the Clone Wars, that's great, but he could have helped the rebellion out while he was still a young man and then retired to just watch after Luke. Now, I've got a question. Hmm. Do you guys find, coming from episode three to four that there are some inconsistencies maybe such as such as what what we find out that leia is like oh i remember my mom she was oh, beautiful yeah. and all, well, I mean, stuff like that 30 and, year gap but see, i also think that what that's about like obi-wan memories. obi-wan knows about so that sets up either obi-wan had his memory wiped or something or he's just an asshole yeah and i i i frankly think and this is a, a debate i got on on facebook earlier today I don't necessarily think that the rebels and the Jedi are a hundred percent good. I don't yeah. think that they are this infallible, awesome. There's a reason the, the Sith keep making them extinct, right? Because like Obi Wan flat out lies to Luke. He's an asshole in that regard, and I don't see that that it's is a matter incon- of a point of view, Josh. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that that's a a. An, inconsistency in his character yeah. to know that Luke has a sister because he's like, oh yeah, another thing I forgot to tell you. Whoops. Oh. You know, so that's that's kind of where I see that is I see that that he didn't come clean until he was dead. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Cool. Real quick, Adam, <laughs> and, and I might have missed this part. When referring to Leia, referring to her mom, is she referring to Padma or the adopted parents that basically held her? Is, it it has to be Padme because she knew the, the way adopted. the way Luke asked her and the way she answered, she could only be talking about Padme. Yeah, because he said, "Do you remember your real mother?" Yeah, uh, yeah. She knew that she was with, and and she said, "Just dogs. images, really feelings." So, and so that would so, be a Force Metaclorian. Well, as, uh, to yeah, def- they're second Metaclorian to defend 
you know, that gap, you know, there could be a force vision. She did see Padme. She did see her mother when she was a baby. So that could have stayed with her through the force. You know, that's a stretch, but it it is it, as a just as a defense. It's also a stretch that Luke kisses Leia. Uh, now, Lucas knew that crap. No, he yeah, didn't. He didn't. Little... But that's he, didn't. he swears he did, and then he didn't. You know what I mean? Maybe that would have been one of the changes I would have been okay with if they had just. As a, you mean straight up I, hooking I'm, up the two of them just going oh, at it? Oh no! I, I won't. I won't dip into the EU too much. But for this point, do you guys know the very first Star Wars novel? Uh, what was Hope? it called? No. Splinter of the Mind. Yes, Eye. it came out um, before Empire, I believe, mm-hmm. and obviously before the Vader um, reveal. In that story, there's so much written about Luke and Leia and being alone on this planet, Vader's chasing them, and there's some overtones. Nothing actually happens, but there's some definite overtones or some inner dialogue with Luke. Um, and I believe the author, whose name is escaping me, unfortunately, I believe um, when Lucas approved it, he had to take some things out because I think he knew kind of where it was going. But it's still... Still to this day, reading that book, like, ah, that's your sister, man. Yeah. I mean, you're not in Alabama. I never, I never read that book, but Sweet maybe one day. Alabama. Let's talk about special edition changes. George Lucas went no. back. Oh. No. Lucas yeah, went back, dude, added a few things. CGI. Are, are these Bob, microphones are, uh, expensive? Job of the Hut with Job Han Hutt, Solo. No. I, I don't. Oh, man. I don't. I don't and care none about. None of it drives the story. No. I don't care about the CGI. What I care about is that they showed us the exact same scene with the exact same dialogue back to back. Pretty much. Not to get off topic, but Derek, question mm-hmm. for you. Yes. Speaking of Job of the Hut, Pizza the Hut, can we get that new three stack thing that they've got the holiday double pizza? Like, like, while, but, like yeah, we, pizza, but can we get that dessert? Like, now? Yeah, we can do that. We should. I'll go okay. in on some on Continue, some Bill. Sorry to interrupt. I'll go in on some Zah. I get like four bucks. I have, I have some cash. I don't have my wallet. I actually Ooh. did not know this was going to last. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. Oh, sorry, guys. Oh. I'm going to leave in a little bit. I didn't know this was really going to last like an hour and 45 minutes. Dude, Cheers was a good, what, two hours? Of just oh, it was longer than time? that. You but guys sorry, didn't Bill, leave till like 11 o'clock. Continue, man. I think I was done. Oh, really? Okay. I think I was done. That was that was my that was my only point is that that was my biggest gripe through all of the changes. Well, no, second to, second to biggest is that when you watch A New Hope, all that dialogue is in the very next scene with Han and Jabba. Yeah. And and to Josh's point, it doesn't drive the story at all. It's just uh, just a scene to be a scene. And it looks awful. It does look awful. Well, and I think though, and I, I sit there and I I, I kind of I watch the prequels, I watch the special editions, and I wonder what's going through. Lucas's head and part of it is this kind of this tortured artist going man if only I could show this image that's in my head yeah and it didn't look right and he keeps wanting to to change it and you know I've, I've heard people that are artists say that the worst artwork that they do is when it's done you know because it's over yeah. and so I think that that escaped Lucas uh, ultimately the product is terrible but I almost feel a little sorrow for him. You never finish art; you abandon it. And I yeah. think I think he can't. 
he couldn't ever abandon it. Yeah. Until, until he, he got, turned 70. Until he got five bill from, and donated well, it all, but he got five billion from the mouse. Well, I mean, let's let's be honest. I, you always think about, you know, in filmmaking, and really in any type of art, you know, the changes that you would make. But you kind of got to live with those changes, too, with the sense that, hey, these, you know, th- this was part of the process. You know, I think to kind of go with your guys' points that, you know, art is an ever-evolving thing is, you know, is these people that spend all this money on on journals and sketchbooks is because they, they show the process. They don't show the final product. They show the process. You know, and I think I think that's why leaving them the same is okay because it shows the process. It it just doesn't show that the Star Wars saga at the time. It shows pop culture at the time. Yeah, the it hair, shows, man. I love the hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. it shows, you know, the the world at that time. This is the this was groundbreaking for for filmography and for for cinema at this One, time. Think why about do it. we have to change it? The the Cold War was going on, yeah. and so I mean, it really was relevant politically at the time, and so. Uh, I really think that yeah. you have a huge point there. I just think that Lucas was cursed by having too much control, too much power, yeah. too much mm-hmm. money, and then ultimately kept adding to everything he did. What is your... I want to ask this. What is your least favorite change? The Jabba scene is up there. Uh, I'm trying to go through all of them in my head. And I'll go ahead while you're thinking. I'll say mine, and it's actually not even in the special editions. It's actually one of the newer ones. and Because there was a second version well, when the, they first came out on DVD. Yeah, the newest of Darth Vader with the, no, no! If you yeah. download any of the digital versions... I did not. Right before he, right before he sold the rights of the movies... In Jedi, when he changed he, them again, he changed it again, and he changed where Darth Vader, as he's throwing the em- the Emperor down the the shaft, there, he picks it. He goes, "No, no," and picks him up and throws it. <laughs> You're right, and it's the worst thing ever. I will Didn't actually defend one of the changes. Now, I don't like it, but I I have the defense for it. When they put Hayden Christensen in. At the end of Jedi, no. really? Listen, no, no, really, no. no. Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. Okay, you have my attention. Okay, I don't like it at all. I prefer the original, obviously. However, and this does still fall apart. But not only, you know, putting aside that. You know, when um, they changed it, you know, Sith had just come out and he's trying to appeal to the younger audience that may not have seen Jedi before. Putting that aside, using the Hayden Christensen version, the only way he was able to become a Force ghost, I would like to believe, is by reverting back to his most pure state uh, in the Force. And that, that... my yeah. argument is that his most pure form is laying there with his helmet off I, on I, the shuttle. On that's the where it falls apart. Ooh, ooh. So, that's where it falls apart. I, I agree. I understand your point, Bill, for continuity, but that's 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 where it ends for me. I understand sure. for continuity. You went and, and filled in the gaps between one one and three. Mm-hmm. You know, so you filled in the gaps. So it, it makes sense to do the 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 emperor switch to do the the switch for the force ghosts. So those don't really bother me. So I, I very much see your point, but but it's only when it's you very see him filmmaking point for me is is just for continuity's sake, yeah, and no other reason. But why don't for continuity 
you changed the previous product to match. You, you know what I mean? So like you don't use Hayden Christensen because no. that would really fix the prequels. He didn't die as Hayden. <laughs> he, he didn't die as young um, Mo- Anakin Skywalker. My my, my point is that um, he was to a to, Sith. Be, to become a Force ghost, mm. he would need to be in a in a more pure form, and his pure his last purest form was. When that was him. You know what reminds this reminds me but of uh, to Josh's point that still yeah, falls Josh's apart. This reminds me. Of, have you guys ever watched the Sherlock Holmes movies with uh, Robert Downey Jr.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so actually, they had the first right? movie and then they I had like the second those. movie. So when the second movie came out, Professor Moriarty, they actually changed the voice of the guy you never saw who was Moriarty, like inside the carriage and yeah. all that, to have that actor that played him in the second movie for a continuity's sake. I'm just like, you know, that well, that dilutes the con- process. For continuity's sake, I. I like I said, I will I will respect anybody doing it for continuity's sake. Speaking of continuity, you know that there's three versions of Wedge until he's in the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the first actor who played Wedge Antilles quit. Well, no, he was fired because he was oh, so I nervous know, on he's set. The, he's the leader. The well, red, he's, yeah, the red leader. Leader. he's the only yeah, red rebel leader. that yeah. okay. went through he, all the battles. He's the vet. Okay. And... There were three separate Wedge Antilles because the first guy got so nervous and kept screwing up his lines so bad that they filmed him. You know, that guy feels really bad. Oh, yeah. They filmed him, fired him, filmed a new guy, and then dubbed all their lines by a third guy. Wow. I mean, you see that, though. I mean, you see dubbing of lines. Yeah, I mean, and especially you see people getting so nervous that they screw up at their job like Eddie. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's true. That's what you get, Eddie. That's what you get for being on your phone, Eddie. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> sorry, man. So just you know, Do, the, does anyone feel when you watch Star Wars the lackluster of Biggs dying? Yeah. So I love Biggs, Dark Lighter. Like there was that's his last name. It is his last yeah. name. It is his last name. Well yeah. done. Like it is Luke's best friend from Tatooine. They oh, they gotcha. they rekindle. They, you know, finally catch up with each other. They're in this that was an infamous scene that was deleted <laughs> from, like, from A New Hope. Scrappy looking nerf or yep. something that connects that? Yeah, because, it does. Yeah, it's because a it is, terrible fucking scene. Well, but, I mean, it, it connects the dots. I yeah. mean, otherwise, you're just like... Red 7, standing by. Otherwise, it's just... I Orkins. told you I'd make it someday, Wedge. Red October, standing by. Gold later, standing Thanks. by. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it, it does kind of connect some of that. I, I will say him running into that guy... Even though you don't know much of Luke's life outside of the what the Plastic water things, farm where or whatever, yeah, moisture farm, moisture farm on Tatooine, it does kind of. I just want to go to Tashi Station and pick up some, some power, power converters. converters. You can yeah, waste it time does with your connect friends. some of that that dots that here this here this kid is, and and I think the, the positive Prats. part of that movie was that it, when when he sees his friend from Tatooine, it kind of does give you the perspective that this. This kid has already been on an incredible journey from where he started on Tatooine to where he ended up in that rebel base, about to get an X-wing to go blow up the Death Star. Is that uh, is that any worse than Princess Leia going? Yeah, yeah, my planet was destroyed. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I want an Alderaan-based movie. Everything Alderaan. So, empty film. <laughs> <laughs> an asteroid field. Just Yay! Ex- just exposed film. Exposed. One of my favorite Star Wars memes is the Alderaan weather report. Oh, yeah. It's like 72 <laughs> degrees, 72, 3,000, nothing. Yeah, that doesn't get old. I love that. Yeah. 
Can I just say real quick? I don't. I, I, I know it's not going to be brought up, so I wanted to bring it up. But when you guys, you know, with Star Wars and stuff, did you ever get into the books? Like I did the ones that actually. No, no and, and you're in. Okay, real quick before I see Bill. Not as I'm not the books you're thinking of, but the ones that actually had the schematics. For oh, all yeah. the oh, yeah. like ships, I had all yeah. of those. weren't those fantastic? When you could actually look inside of a star destroyer and see, okay, there's the kitchen, there's like the loading let, bay. Let me ask you a question. Do you <laughs> think the average stormtrooper knows how to install a toilet main? <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you a question. Did anyone else try to build a pod racer? Whoa, no, no, so, you, no, out of, like, trash cans and like, yeah, <laughs> bungee cords. Try to build a pod racer one time, bike wheels and everything, man. Yeah, no. push it down a hill, it fell apart. No, but I do like so. I am completely fascinated by the shipbuilding and yeah. the history of the ships. One of my favorite uh spinoffs of the universe were the X Wing and TIE Fighter games for PC. Mm-hmm. They were fantastic, and they gave you like a lot of insight on into like the ship building. I remember the there there was there was an X an X Wing game. Yeah, X Wing and Tie Fighter. X Wing. Yes. Yeah, I, I remember playing that game on on PC as a kid. And so they actually gave you a ton of insight into the different vehicles that were used, as well as these schematic books and looking them up for articles like I shared about how much did the Death Star cost to operate per day. Had over 2 million people. Fun, that reminded me of fun the movie Quarks when you posted that. I think, no, fun fact, didn't, wasn't it recently that someone put on, um, what is it, is it the wethepeople.gov? Or what, like, let's build a Death Star? And it got so many, it was getting that, past 250,000. Yeah, the president had yeah, to respond And they to responded, it. and they were like, well, our estimated cost is like, Four hundred and sixty-five billion dollars, and it's just not feasible no, for our country so, to build it right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, right now, right. So the, the estimate is that like, one quadrillion. Yeah. Dollars. So to operate the thing is like twenty times what the Earth has in terms of money yeah. right now to operate it for twenty-four hours because it has two million people on it. It has to have the enough energy to blow yes. up a planet. You just need a kyber crystal. But oh I, yeah, kyber crystals do change the scenario. Jim. I will Wait. say I thought it was very, very, very cute of our, of our of our presidency and our our government to reply to that. And that's actually I, what I, I'm really like excited that. about. Uh, I thought it was funny. Uh, Rogue One is this talk of you know kyber crystals and kind of the mm-hmm. the Manhattan Project type of yeah. of madness behind that because mm-hmm. oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that too that mm-hmm. uh, kind of going guys. off on what you guys were saying about I the, agree, the PC game have you guys played any of the Star Wars video games because there's been uh, oh, Battlefront, Battlefront, Battlefront uh, dude AT AT I'm on that right now anybody want to play Wait, Battlefront? Battlefront right now like right new now? Battlefront what system do you have I have PS4 I have PS4. I have PS4. Oh, I'm the Xbox oh, loser. Jesus. <laughs> now front buddies. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, there we go. Yeah. yeah. I'll join in to have a place. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Battlefront's legit. Xbox coming out with, oh, uh, with, uh, with the 4K. So uh, I, I will say real quick on Battlefront, I actually have memorized all the AT-AT launch points. So I usually, when I when I play it, when I do, when I'm not playing Battlefront 1, I average probably about 80 kills to about three or four deaths. I'm not joking. <laughs> I know exactly where I get the jetpack and I shoot right on them right as they appear. It's fantastic. Now, (laughs) I'm so sad because I can't find it now, but my favorite Star Wars game was Battlefront 2 for PS2. Battlefront 2, man. Yep. I played that game on PS2. Like I can't tell you how many times I, I played the game. I had all the 
unlocked weapons where you could put in the cheat code so that when you got dropped on the map, you could change your weapon, you changed, you know, all those things. I played Battlefront 2 the most. I remember getting it for Christmas as a game. I played it for, I mean, two, three years until basically PS2 became PS3 is when I stopped playing. Right. I got to go with Rogue Squadron for Classic. the Nintendo 64. Ooh, I remember, there, there was one, it wasn't Rogue Squadron. Which one was for GameCube? Uh, Rebel Strike. That's one. Yeah, yeah, that one was a lot of fun too. And I'm still Shadows is classic. Yeah, the the, the, the Tie Fighter. Now I'm gonna have to leave, and I'm so sorry for that. I've got to make sure I get home. But real quick, does anybody remember when uh, Episode One came out? There was like a. It was a, it was it was almost like X Wing, but it was for like the pod racer game. The pod racer game. Pod well, well, okay, well, there, there was is the racer pod revenge. Racer, but there was another I will talk one about where you could be like revenge. a Naboo fighter, and it was like a oh, and you could go yeah. and like you yeah. would yeah. like train against it like robotic. Uh, was it or was it PlayStation? I think it was PlayStation. What was it, it called? Yeah. Oh. Was it game? Was it GameCube? I mean, that was I don't think it was GameCube. No, this one was GameCube. This one was PlayStation. Okay. And it was uh, you could be a Naboo fighter, and you're like going there. And, and one Naboo like, fighter is like the only thing that came great out of that. Yes, yeah. yes, it was so good. It was so good. My, I I gotta so talk good. about so good. Racers Revenge. No. Yes, I love that game. What about man. Dancing Han Solo? Nope. Pod. <laughs> I can't remember Star Wars. Star Wars Racer Revenge. You got to be like 15 different pod racers. You could max them out. You could edit the thing. It was, I it think, was, it was for it was Star Wars Need for Speed. It was PC and it was on I, like PlayStation. I played it. I dude, I played that game so much. Bye, Eddie. The, Sorry, I apologize. Bye, Eddie. I do have to leave. I we, apologize. We actually I, just fired Eddie. No, seriously. No, we, like, I want to no. do more of these. He's a he's Let's a do force. A Game of Thrones. It'd be so fun. He's a force I, ghost. I got to buy Eddie. That is. Bye, bye, Eddie. Thanks for coming by, Eddie. They're actually gonna edit me out of this entire thing. Force <laughs> ghost, Mike. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I played all those games and everything, and they were fun. Battlefront Two though was by far the uh, by far the the pinnacle. I think. Has anyone played the Dave and Buster's Star Wars game? I have not. I have not. It's a big. It obviously it's a big standing machine. And I say Dave and Buster's is the Dave only. Dave and Buster's. I've never been to a Dave and Buster's. There's one in Panama one City, but I, I go to the one when I go home to Philly. They were um, talking about taking over the old time pottery building, but. Never Man, that would have been way more fun than old time pottery. Yeah. I love old time pottery. Stupid <laughs> pottery. <It's> so old time. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. I think it's time. Derek, is it time? The prequels <laughs> met with a we little bit of controversy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh no! All I want is Eddie's Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> he left them. God bless the kid. Oh, oh no! They're all oh, gone. Eddie. <laughs> they're Eddie. all gone. Eddie, you 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 disappoint me. I ate two of them just to be as loud as possible. <laughs> so anyway, Star Wars prequels. Fuck them. <laughs> Explicit. Say it, Derek. Fuck them. <laughs> I will defend clones. Okay, there. Okay, so during what was that podcast? Was that Disney? That was the Disney one. All right, you said at the end of it, when, or when we were talking about Disney taking. Over I find Star it Wars. funny that our last podcast was Disney, very family friendly oriented, and we've got <laughs> at least three f bombs on this podcast. <laughs> Let me do two more. Fuck this shit. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. There's four. that was more than two. That's four. <laughs> Fuck you. 
Guys, good news is pizza is on the way. <laughs> we got we got stuff crust coming. It's fine. Okay, It'll be so right. during the Disney podcast, you sat there and said you, Derek, correct me if I I really don't remember, but you said something about Clone Wars being the best of the prequels. Of the prequels. Do you really believe that? Because I thought you were joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's well, why well, I did too. Well, well, think about it this way: would Save you re- would you really put Sith above it? Yeah. I would put Clone, Clone, above it. Clone Wars was it had more of a story, I think. Giant lizards ripping well, no, Natalie you, you had, you had Obi Wan off. Okay, yeah, you, you had, had you had the wrong side of the shirt. You had Obi Wan playing. Whoa, is this thing on? You had Obi Wan playing detective. Yeah, there were huge info gaps, but you stumble across Camino. Camino in itself was really cool to see. Nah, I didn't care for that. The, didn't the you care for Camino? No. Seeing how in in Clone Wars is when you first start seeing and realizing how the Empire becomes the Empire. I can see that, but from a storytelling point of view and from a movie making point of view, it was such an awkward movie. It was a cartoon drafted into live action. I enjoyed the Obi Wan aspect. I didn't mind the the quote unquote detective stuff, just because I it was a it was Ewan McGregor. It was a highlight. He was the highlight of that movie. It was actual Jedi. Stuff. I mean, you could make the argument, Derek, keeping the Obi, peace thing. That Obi Wan was the highlight of the whole prequels. Oh, I he mean, was. I, I, I agree I mean, with that. He's the argument. I, I to me, I the thing if there's that a I bright spot in the galaxy, he's the, not the furthest the, from it. The story was so bad. You know, and, and and to your point, I mean, I understand that 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 you see the these become the stormtroopers, and you, you connect a lot of dots during that film. Yoda fight, the Yoda. Fight. Oh, and that's awful. That's oh, oh god. Oh, that's shut up! It is but awful. Yoda but, to be but, just the, but the, the, hold the robe, on, guys. Hold the, on. The robe forcing it out of his hold robe. Hold on, guys. No, hold on, hold on. But I mean, the established in establishing this movie established that that. Um, Anakin was the, the, the focus of the prequels. The first and one didn't do that? Well, no, no. I'm saying that that, but after the first one and into this one, that, that you really got to see Out of the three movies, was, it was one of the three that established Yeah, that, that Anakin was the, was the source of, of okay. the prequels. You got to see a really freaking weird Anakin. I mean, he was borderline stalker yeah. no. towards Padme. He was borderline... Well, look, let's, he, he, let's face it. Natalie Portman as a queen. Mm. Now you, now you got to also think the age stuff was really obscure. He had to have been in his twenties, at least. Yeah, but if see, not, I, if not, I even she, think younger. If not, I was gonna say if not like late teens, like eighteen, twenty ish. You know, they say Ray is supposed to be like fifteen, sixteen in the movie. No, what? yeah, that's no, seri- that's, that's what they're like. That no. yeah, I see her like twenty two. Yeah. But um, yeah. I I like. And this Taylor Swift wrote about her. Big, big shocker that I agree with Kevin Smith, but I like his take on Anakin in, in Clone Wars that he had to be an emo kid. Do I like watching it? No, it's terrible. It is so terrible. But to become Darth Vader, I think you have to have that in you. To, to fall susceptible to, to the but dark so side, you, you have to be this I, emo kid. I completely agree with you on that, but the problem is Lucas devoted so much time into making the the universe wider instead of deeper. And this is something that I get into when I talk about 
you know, like the DC films versus like Nolan's Batman. Nolan's Batman, you felt so much closer to the characters. Why? Because the plot was simple, especially in the first two films. The plot was very simple, and it was all about showing what the character went through. All of the prequels were from an emotional wide lens. They were this, hey, this is going on, this is going on. And when there's an emotional scene, look at all this crap I piled into the background because I want to show you what Coruscant looks like. Yeah. You know, it, it was so, it was just so wide that he never had the time or the energy to get the depth of, excuse me, a an emo Anakin that worked. And that's why I think that Kylo is actually the, a better version. A better I, version of Anakin. I will agree with you. Kylo is the better version of Anakin. Yes. You know. He is I, what Anakin should have been, as you mentioned earlier. I just think I think and I, I and and I'm not gonna lie, I think the, the problems of it is is rooted in in the the dialogue, in the, the stuff that that part of it was that it wasn't effective because it wasn't written well. That, well, and, but even though I will, I will defend it. The dialogue in this sense: go back and look at the dialogue from the original trilogy. It's not and those very good. Bad too. And, and but that has been, uh, to me, the 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 black mark on the whole franchise. The has dialogue been, has never the dialogue been, has been, been. It's never been the most important thing in Star Wars. And that's the thing. And, and, and the problem be. is, is without the dialogue, it's great because you're not inundated with all this other information going on yeah. which the prequels throw at you I just look and at the, the special editions do the same I thing just look too. at the prequels and I see the actors who are, are who are portraying you know vital characters in in the the whole saga and you sit there and you look at these actors and you say these are positive actors these, these are people who now have Portman's Oscar got an Oscar noms. yeah I mean, yeah these are these are people who are well you know, skilled in acting, whether it's Shakespearean to film to TV, whatever it is, and it doesn't feel natural. Yeah, and I think, you know, and, and, so, and so I have to look at writing, dialogue, directing, that type of stuff. It's a so combination of several yeah. things. And here's the other, not to cut you off there, Derek, but here's the other thing that I, I point to when I, because that's the most recent thing I, I watched was the the prequels. The setting, and I don't care about practical effects versus CGI effects unless the actors can't interact with their surroundings. You can tell a lot of times that the actor was in a, a completely different scenery, completely yeah. different world. So they had no idea how to believe. Episode three was almost all was almost completely was. blue and green screen. Right. Random yeah. trivia fact: the only episode three scene that was shot on location was the ending when right. Obi Wan drops off Luke in, to Tatooine, uh, and that's because they filmed that the same time they were filming episode two. Well, and that's in Tunisia, right? Yeah. Yes, it's because Lucas knew that he wanted to do only blue screen for Revenge of the Sith. So he said, while we're here, we might as well knock this scene out. And to contrast that with, like, you know, watching some of the making of Force Awakens, and there's some bad CGI, and there's even some bad practical effects in it. The thing that I point to is one of the most emotional scenes in the movie is in the forest, right there on the Starkiller base, that lightsaber battle between Rey and, and Kylo. There's a lot of raw emotion there. Well, if you look at the set they built, it's a very real set. 
yeah, they've added in special effects, but it's a very real set. They can interact with their environment. They know the setting. They know what's going on. Whereas if you go back and look at the prequels, you can tell that the actors were told, whatever you do, we're going to CGI fix it. It's not yeah. like you have to get it right. And there's the famous, you can look this up online, the lightsaber battle on Geonosis where there's all the Jedi in the circle fighting their way through. And they show the actual behind the scenes with them on the green screen. And they are the most pathetic looking thing. And you see people like Natalie Portman, yeah. a Oscar nominated, I think she's won an Oscar, Harvard educated actress sitting there waving a fake sword in the air like she's, you know, playing pretend with her niece or something, you know? And in the, as I'm sure you've all have watched the documentaries from the DVDs and whatnot, if you remember in the Within a Minute documentary, which I think I referenced before with um, Revenge of the Sith, Ewan McGregor has stated how hard it was to do completely blue and green screen, quote unquote, acting. And it, it just drained. I, I can't imagine how much that movie would drain me. And I, and, and I mean, I think, I think this might be a, uh, and, and I'm not trying to pass blame on anybody, but I, I mean, I think you could sit there and say it's almost to a fault of George Lucas that even with going back and making those CGI fixes to the old movies, his obsession with CGI, just because you have the capability does, to do it that doesn't start- mean that you should that started very early though yeah he he made star wars on pushing ilm and ilm i mean those guys they were working in a a sweat box yeah you know and they were told to do the impossible and they did it and that's part of lucas was like do this we can't yes you can and that's been his obsession since the 70s yeah but what can we do now but but the the originals did still use practical effects to a very effective I, I, means. I, I agree. Yeah. Yes. But, but then you look at things like you, the whole reason that the final Death Star trench scene was there. The whole reason there was a trench is because when they were making the Death Star they model, they had to glue it together. Yeah, they right. had to glue it together, and it made a trench. Yeah. I think so, they used like an erector or a Lego set or something. Yeah. I mean, whatever it was, it was just. You know, I mean, and, and but, Slave One was a, uh, a light off of a light post or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, crazy stuff like that. But I mean, that's to me, is that's some of the creativity that it that it takes is, is you know, that the, they were able to make that stuff, you, you know, and, and you can effectively use CGI. There's a lot of movies that use CGI effectively. But I mean, even now to 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 block big blockbusters like, you know, the one that pops to my mind is like 2012 or something. Where pretty much the whole movie is CGI. You know, you lose. You, I, you automatically draw. You bring it away from the viewer. Well, and you need to L- know look at Forrest what Gump. to CGI. That, that's a that's a popular example of CGI for and that's storytelling. Some of the best CGI. Yeah. The the feather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the or even the presidents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great CGI, and the reason is is because Tom Hanks knew what to interact with and knew how to interact with it, and I think. The, uh, you know, Force Awakens, and that was one of the things I, I saw online that's going around is, well, look at how much blue and green screen Force Awakens used. But they knew where to use it's, the practical effects. Yeah, it's yes. Star Wars. You well, have to. I, I'm, I mean, to I, take, I, I take back and look at Force Awakens and, and the effectiveness of Force Awakens. Yes, there's CGI in that a lot. 
But I still remember the scene of the speeder going across the open wide shot with the giant star destroyer in there. That's but so it's real. It, the sand is really there. It's it is the nature of the scene. And CGI complements the nature of the scene. It complements the nature of the wide shot. Where you fast forward to Sith, where the whole course whole on battle is CGI. This and whole it's whole CGI. And like you, like you said, it does take you out of it. Now, going back to George Lucas for a minute, I'll defend him a bit, but it doesn't excuse anything. Yeah. he. I don't think he's ever been a great writer. No, and, never. No. And American Graffiti was... Fun. He's a good idea guy and a good storyteller, exactly. but that doesn't make you a good writer. Exactly. He's a great storyteller. Empire and worked because of Irvin Kirshner. Yes. Well, and, and not to cut you off, Bill, but but I think you see the difference because you do get to see some you do get to see some some characters that that were in the original trilogy where the dialogue might not have been the best, but you see them in Force Awakens where they operate very you know, they're very skilled at their, you, their you dialogue. See their you acting. see the, you see oh you can see the difference. I know that they've they've grown as actors and actresses, but you you definitely see the difference where you're like, well, this is this might have been written pretty well. But you could also see didn't want you could well, still tell Han Solo didn't want to be there. My my point was, was <laughs> my point was just going to be that you know we mentioned this earlier. Star Wars almost killed him. A New Hope almost killed him. That's why he didn't do Empire. That's why I I don't he didn't did he do Jedi? He did no, Jedi. No. He did. He didn't do Jedi. He he has stated that he was going to do the first one, Phantom Menace, to get them on track. But then he just kept doing them. Well, but he the came back for clones. He came back for Sith because he won he had an excuse for each one. He made himself the excuse though because the studios were like they lined up, they offered Spielberg, and Spielberg said yes. All of these people said yes. All these famous directors said yes, and he was like, "Yeah, you know what? I I really need to get this role, and you know, like you said, I want to get it on track." He made himself these excuses. He's like a crack addict with Star Wars. This universe being his crack, you know, that's the problem with him. And I like it says a lot to me about his writing ability and his storytelling ability when they he handed all of these ideas for the the future of the franchise to Disney and JJ Abrams, who's made his whole living on taking rebooted, rebooted franchises and making them work. Kathleen Kennedy, who's been around forever and no, she knows what she's doing. They took all of his ideas and said, nah, literally none of these work. We're going to throw them away and start, start fresh. Cause in his version, weren't the heroes like teens or like, 12, 13 year old, something he like that. He wanted him younger. Yeah, yeah the whole. Eh, it, it just didn't work. No, you're right. There's you're not that. Right. There's not that generation anymore. Phantom Menace is the way Phantom Menace is because he was um, trying to market to our generation. Yeah, I, I was. I was in fifth grade when that movie came out, and. It was fine, and, and I, I and to your point, I'll say it worked. I love Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace is still one of my favorite of the prequels because when I was young, I liked Phantom Menace. Yeah. See, I walked out of the theater being so disappointed because I liked Phantom. I Menace. remember seeing the first teaser poster, and it's Jake Lloyd on Tatooine with the shadow of Darth Vader. Yeah. yeah. And that right there was like, oh my god, we're gonna see. And to me, I built it up in my head to be like the new Omen movie where you got Damien, you know, Satan's kid, 
And I'm like, man, we're going to have an evil little kid. Yeah. And I've been then, wondering, what are midichlorians? D- oh. Bullshit. <laughs> I will say this. Ray MacGuffin. Ray Park is the only person to kill Liam Neeson on film. <laughs> oh, I do like Ray Park, man. Ray Park was he's, awesome. He's a cool guy. I, I've met him a couple times. He's a phenomenal dude. I'm, uh, I'm glad he... I'm glad he portrayed. Now, um, did you, oh, 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 wow, pizza. ooh, ooh. Uh, okay, and that's where part one of this epic Star Wars discussion will end. We'll pick up with part two on next week's podcast. But until then, you can check out past episodes on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Just search for the Derek Diamond Experience, and be sure to leave a review. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter. My personal page is at Derek underscore Diamond. And the show page is at DDE underscore podcast. And that's all I've got. So enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond. And we'll see you guys back here next Thursday for part two of the Star Wars Roundtable. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.